Well, hello, everybody. It is Sunday, and there is no sun shining today. Because guess what's on the horizon? New. I guess we're supposed to get snow tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. Late through the overnight, it's going to be light, and then maybe an inch to three tomorrow. Yeah, isn't that something? Well, you know, look how late it is. It's, you know, it is late. Mm Mm-hmm. So no, I think you know. I'm 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 looking forward to it. Sure. The grandkids are still here from Alaska. They leave on Wednesday. I guess they've had quite a bit of snow and ice up there. Sure. Uh, when they left two weeks ago, came here. They left in the middle of a blizzard. There was already four to five six inches on the ground. Wow. When they had to drive, um, they live an hour north of Anchorage. Okay. So they had to drive in and all that stuff. Now we'll see how it goes. So anyway, it's another week, another fifty cents. Uh, so hopefully you guys got some great questions for me. And we got on the other side of the glass. We had Hope this week. And we got Mike on this. Do you? Uh, did anybody call you Michael other than when your mom is mad at you? Uh, no. My girlfriend will, will go the Michael route and okay. my, my upset mom. But that's okay. That's it. it, yeah. Mike for everybody else. Yeah, okay. okay. Yep. Yeah. It was Because, see, I'm a Kathleen. <laughs> okay. But then I grew up being called Kathy. Oh. And then how I got to be Katie was I bartended. I was okay. a bartender. I bartended for about 30 years. Got it. On and off, a part-time, full-time. But anyway, but I had more people say, no, you don't look like a Kathy. You look like a Katie. Nice. I said, fine. Call me Katie. I don't care. What do you want to drink? You know? <laughs> you well, then they would sing the song, k k Katie, whatever. And so anyway, so it was kind of neat because the people would call. They, you know, if they asked for Katie, I knew it was from the bar. <laughs> Do I want to talk to you or not? <laughs> yeah, then, oh, well, then all of a sudden, I bartended for two years uh, full-time, and uh, Katie just stuck. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I got known as a Katie, and so, uh, but I still answer to Kathy, you know, my old-time friends. You know, I can't call you Katie. Fine, call me Kathy. <laughs> I just don't answer as fast, that's all. And then also, too, uh, with uh, Katie, it, this was brought up, this is pretty recently. They said, you know, your, your name was meant to change. Because Kathy K9 doesn't sound as good as Katie K9. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's like, hey, point well taken. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the purpose of the name change that apparently it was in the mix over the years. So, the, that my name had it changed from Kathy to Katie. So, my poor dad, when he was still here, he'd call up and go, Kathy, Kathleen, Ka- Katie, Kathy, Marie. Um, Katie, Kathy, Kathleen. Did it get them all? <laughs> yeah, Dad, you did. You did. You did. So this week was uneventful. Oh, Bambi. Bambi lost this week. I mean, well, the Hunters won, I should say. Sure. Uh, we got, uh, how many deer? Five. Five deer. But wow. last night, uh, Will's son got, are you into deer hunting at all? I'm not, no. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, you should see this deer they got okay. last night. It's one shot, dropped it. And I'm not a hunter at all, by mm-hmm. no means. Drives me nuts. But I know we got to clear, otherwise the highway, I'll be hitting him up with my truck, yes, right? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, he got this field dressed because he brought it over to uh, Vince's to have it weighed, uh, lots of cuts. And anyway, field dressed, it weighed 203 pounds. Wow. Big. His neck, his body was just robust. An eight-pointer, real solid eight points, you know, but man, for the body, you'd think he'd be like a 14-pointer, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, I mean, he was, so everybody, you know, last night was smiling like big time. Look at this deer! <laughs> so, anyway, but yeah, so one tonight's the last night of hunting, and then we're all done, so... Until next year. Bow hunting goes, I think, until December 31st. Yeah, something like that. Something like that, yeah. So I'm not, I can't kill nothing. You know, when it used to be when I used to have a whole bunch of critters, you know, like ducks, geese, uh, just everything. Uh, every once in a while, there'd be, I'd go down to do chores. There's a, a skunk in the hen house. Mm. <laughs> and so I'd have to go up and get Will, wake him up. 
He played as Elmer Fudd, you know, put his boots on. He's in his skivvies. He grabs his gun, goes down, pow. He said, we'll bury it in the morning. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> but the only deer it, I ever got, you, I had to total a car to get it. And oh, uh, as expensive as ammo is, uh, that was a little bit more expensive. So oh, wow. I, I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I've, I'm, I'm so lucky. I, I, oh, I can't even think of this. How long ago? I, that's when I had a Dodge Ram Charger. Okay. I love that truck. But anyway, and I was coming home, and it was just at dusk, and the deer just, because I know better going down our street, you know, you take your time, mm-hmm. you pay attention. But anyway, sure as bananas just popped up, hit the hit the, hit the the road, and I hit it, and it rolled underneath the Ram Charger and shot out the back. And so then I got out and checked it out, and the deer was, you know, it was just a youngin'. I mean, it was a small deer, uh, probably, you know, probably just lost his spots or whatever. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. No hair, no dents, no nothing. It just rolled underneath the Ram Charger and out the back into the ditch. So then I went home and I said, uh, did anybody get any deer on opening day? He said, nah. I said, I got one. I got one. And so I got the one that, so they went down and it was uh, pretty, like I say, it was kind of bruised up. It wasn't much there, so... But anyway, so that's the only deer I've gotten, and it was an opening day, so it was kind of proud. So uh, hopefully you hunters out there are having good luck and you're staying safe and knowing where everybody is and playing it safe. You know, not uh, uh, That's the thing is that uh, people, our party, they all know where they're all sitting and stuff like that, so you don't have to worry about somebody being not where they're supposed to be or whatever and, you know, bad things happen. So anyway, so hopefully, like I say, you got some good questions for me, dog, cat, uh, iguana, nope, remember I don't do reptiles because I have never had reptiles other than salamanders here and there. So uh, let's see. Uh, well, he's on the phone answering questions already. So uh, once again, I want to bring up uh, those of you that have shy, timid dogs, uh, please give me a call and so we can work one-on-one. I did have a shy dog uh, class, shy, timid dog class, but I think by doing that, I wanted to start it and see how it goes, stuff like that, and I just feel a one-on-one is better for each uh, person with their their shy dog because some dogs are also scared of other dogs, and so I decided now I'm not taking my shy dog class. Instead of doing it a class, it's going to be one-on-one to hopefully, because the main thing when you got shy dogs or reactive, not reactive as far as, uh, but uh, the, the shy dog that wants to run and hide when he sees people or run and hide uh, just as, as a nervous Nelly that you can bring them forward all right I remember my Ethel I had her two years it took her to from when she landed up to bring her totally out of her shell and you can do it and I don't want you guys with shy and timid dogs to just let them stay in that hole you know, your job now is to move them forward, build their confidence, and it can be done. And that's what I want to show you how to do. So you can either email me, uh, go through, go to mytalk1071.com, go to my uh, uh, website, and then email me, email me through there. Uh, don't e- email me through the Hubbard My Talk. And the reason is, is sometimes they come through and sometimes they don't. So either call me or email me, okay? And you can get that on my show page at mytalk1071.com. Go to Katie K9. Then also too, you can listen to all my past shows. Okay, so anyway, okay, uh, why don't we run? Oh, we got already got a call. Oh, you do. Okay, so we got six five one six four one one zero seven one, and we're gonna run to break. Come back, start answering your questions. But here's the first question: True or false? A woodpecker pecks about eight thousand to twelve thousand times per day. 
true or false. We'll be right back. Alrighty then, we're back. 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071 if you've got a question. Okay, true or false? A woodpecker pecks about 8,000 to 12,000 times per day. True or false, sir? I feel like this might be like, that's how many times a minute or something. But I'll, I'll say true. It seems like that's, yeah, true. It is true. Okay, cool. Okay, and uh, let's see. What do they say? They say it's... Because what, what they're after is um, obviously... Uh, that's why, uh, like, old trees, and you can tell if your tree is, like, dying, mm-hmm. not doing well, if you get the woodpeckers at it, because they go for the bugs underneath the bark. Got it. Which is, you know, that's an unhealthy tree. Sure. And so then it goes after that. And ironically enough, why woodpecker, today we we have a pileated woodpecker okay. that hangs around. And honestly, Pete, when he's pecking, you know right where he's at. Mm-hmm. It's literally huge. Okay. And I love, you know, the old cartoons, how Woody Woodpecker flies up and down you know he goes down comes up down comes up i just thought that was a cartoon that's the way they fly no that's the way they truly fly yeah. i was totally first time i ever saw if i was uh this is a while back i was out and um i'm like oh, this bird is a drunk <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's literally you know doing that you know sure. that thing yeah. and all of a sudden it lands in a tree and i, I slowly walked towards it and it's like here's the pileated woodpecker <laughs> so that's exactly the way they fly i was wow. just like wow i'm impressed so they are, they're just, they're very stately. They don't look real. Okay. And their beak is huge. I wouldn't want to get picked by that one. Yeah. But anyway, I would, a call left us. We, oh, wow. I didn't, uh, you didn't notice that. She did give me a big, uh, like, description of it, so I can still present oh, the okay. question if you like. She was having some connection issues, okay. so I think she might have just lost there, so okay. hopefully she's still listening in. But it was Jenny, and she had a question. Uh, her two dogs and her neighbor's two dogs, they just can't seem to get along. Every time they bring them outside and they're both outside, they start barking like crazy at each other. Okay. They've even tried uh, using uh, some clothing and some things to kind of get the scent of each other's dog and then kind of share them with each other, like blankets and clothing. Things just to get them familiar with the the odors of the two dogs, okay. but they just cannot figure out a way to get those four dogs to agree and be close to each other. And she was just wondering if there were any tips. Uh, there is, but it's going to be slow. Okay. You know, you, 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 first of all, you do one dog from one family and one dog from another family. Okay. Okay, and then maybe those two people go for a walk. You know, parallel. Got it. Okay, and then maybe then the next walk, you're going to take the next dog and the next dog, and then you go for a walk parallel together, okay, and the leash has to be loose. Uh, the dog has to be, they should, they have to know how to walk on a leash first. Um, if these are, they let them do, their dog scan in front of them, you know, when they go walking, then the first thing would be doing obedience before they even have a chance of getting these dogs to come together. Okay. Usually what happens is when people want dogs to meet they hold the leash tight and let the dog lean in to sniff the other dog so the collar is tight and in in the dog's mind it feels like it's being restrained and there's a reason and so it must be the reason must be that dog is trying to sniff and then they get a little bit uppity with it Mm. because when two dogs meet the leashes and collars have to be loose or you let them come in touch nose and then you calmly just back up and then let, you know, don't jerk the dog away. Just kind of step, walk backwards. Say, come on, let's go. Okay, and then we go back. And we you know, let them sniff one a little bit too. Because too many people let the dogs 
linger in the hardware department, you know, and that's what causes a lot of fights, especially with older dogs. It's like, hey, what are you doing back there? Get out of my privates. And so that's why you, what you want to do is first let them talk. Well, first when you go for walks, you start out maybe farther apart and then eventually the, the walk where the people, you know, that you're walking closer together. But first there again, the dogs have to be walk politely on the leash before we can even attempt that. And so then, um, uh, and if they use harnesses, harnesses restrain, they don't train. We need to get them into a training collar. And so, but the, usually what happens, and it would be interesting, are these large dogs, medium dogs, small dogs, you know, whatever type thing. And so, because sometimes if they're smaller dogs, if you let the other, the smaller dogs, well, smaller dogs and bigger dogs, the smaller dogs are going to take on the bigger dogs. They always go after the face. That's why if you ever notice that you have a household that has a small dog and a large dog, the large dog will come in and see the small dog and he'll automatically turn his head sideways because the little dogs automatically go for the face like, hey, don't look at me. Don't look <laughs> at me. And so the, the bigger ones learn to turn their head. And so it's going to be a process to get all four dogs to play nice, but you're going to do it in baby steps. But first they've got to get the obedience down. So then the dogs feel secure that you have your poop at a group. And so that you will, you know, be able to hear, uh, you know what I mean? Handle the situation. But at the minute that there's a taunt collars and leashes, that's going to set up for uh, things going upside down and sideways. Okay, so, but yeah, it's, it's it's a toughy one. It has to be done correctly, so that. Um, but you can get them to come together, especially you know if they've got other outside uh, pals, not just the there. You know the two dogs in one house, the two dogs in the other. If these two separate houses, those dogs play nice with other dogs outside of the pack, then there's a good chance that this will work if done correctly. But it's something that you know a trainer should help you with, so you do it right, so the outcome will be better. So, such as myself, Katie Kaner. Hey, lines are open. We can get you in right away. 651-641-1071. And we, I've been told that we have scored. Yes. So, it is 7-zip. Um, unfortunately, since we've said that, they just scored. So, they now it's 7-7. Seven, seven. Yes, they went right uh, down the field and got a quick touchdown. So, 7-7. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a shootout. Yeah. I thought these uh, defenses might be uh, huh. stepping up. but uh, Well, we'll see. they gotta, they got to find their legs. Yeah. <laughs> Six minutes in, it's 7-7 seven, seven already. Under. No kidding. No kidding. Okay, um, I get a lot of calls, you know, about dogs that jump, mm -hmm. okay? And so whether it's jumping, like when your guests come into the house, the front door, okay, or whether you're in the house playing with your dog or the dog jumps at you. And so the whole thing is, is you've got to take control of the situation. Okay, first of all, answering the door. You know, when people, guests come over, the dog should not knock somebody's at the door. Now, if your dog barks at, you know, or somebody's at the door, that's good. Because somebody's at the door. Now, once you see who it is and you're okay with that, then the dog's job is done. So then you're going to say, ah, quiet, or hey, enough. If they don't, remember our friendly uh, uh, hair mister filled with water set on stream, okay? And so, ah, blast, quiet. As soon as the dog quiets, thank you. Remember, we don't say good girl or good boy, right? Because the thing is, is that all that does is get, when you say good girl and good boy, it gets the dog go, going from, you know, okay, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I need to learn something to party time. So the whole thing is try to get used to just, and it's the hardest thing for every owner to do, to just calmly say thank you or very nice, very nice. And uh, with my schools, my students, that's the same thing. You know, I can, you know, I, bar I tell everybody, I bartender for 30 years, I can hear everything. So if you say good girl or good boy, I will call you on it. And so, and it is hard, but if you, once you see you, how your dog reacts 
by you not saying good boy and good girl, you'll you'll be work real hard at not saying that. Because all that does is rev the dog up and get them all excited, and then they're going to start jumping and melting you and everything. We need to be what we want the dog to be, which is calm and steady. All right? And the only time... You want them to have the wah factor is if you're going to play with them. And if you got young dogs, you know, like puppies, eight, eight weeks to like six months, you don't want to play any tug games, tug of war games, or you don't want any wrestling because you want the dog to grow up to be a polite, mannered dog, not jumping on people and poking at people and trying to wrestle with them or uh, because that's what they were taught. So that's why you got to think ahead. When you get a puppy, you don't play tug of war game. Tug between two dogs is fine, but not between a human and a, and a, and, a, and a, a dog. So, but the whole thing is, is that just because you've done it all the time doesn't mean that you should have done it like that. Okay, then what kind of dog did you have? It also has to do with if you got a high energy dog, the worst thing that you want to do is play tug of war or you want to play wrestling match with them. You want to do constructive games to get them to understand and mind their P's and Q's and not go, you know, wig out and go over the board. And then now they're jumping on somebody, their tooth gets caught in clothing or their nail scrapes somebody. So let's take the call, and then we'll come back to uh, uh, what we just were talking about. Sounds good. Yeah, this is uh, Brenda Lee has a question about a cat with uh, a chewing issue. A chewing issue. Hey, Brenda Lee, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you today? Good, good. So you got a cat with a chewing problem? Well, actually, it's a friend of mine. She she lives on a farm, but she has to use a CPAP machine, and her latest cat that she's had for less than a year now is a little rowdy thing, and he keeps chewing through, he or she keeps chewing through her CPAP tubing. Really? And so I'm wondering, um, I think you, I think I've read that they don't like citrus smell, so could she like put essential oil on it? You could try or, that, yeah, they'd sit lime, orange on it or something? lime and orange, they don't like it, or lemon, yeah, citrus smell, you could try that definitely, okay? So that'd be good. And then when does she do it? Does she do it at night, or is she something that she does during the day? Is, like, oh, when I'm she's, not sure I haven't answered those kind of details. Because the thing is, what I'm thinking about, if the if the cat is doing it at night, that means it slept too much during the day and it's being too active at night, all right? So then okay. what she needs to do is wear that cat down, get the laser light out. Remember, no laser for dogs, but a laser for cats really helps a lot. And so what you do is you wear the cat out a little bit prior to going to bed. So now the cat's going to be more apt to sleep instead of wake up at 2, 3 in the morning and start maybe chewing on the CPAP machine. Okay. So just check out if it, but if it's like, does that's the way my guess would be is that the cat is while it's being used, because otherwise there's nothing to draw the cat to it. So my guess is that it's happening at night. And so that's why oh. what we got to do is to wear that cat out because it sounds like it's a younger cat, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's got the Dickens in him. And if he's got a chance to sleep all day and then play all night, that's what he's going to do. So what her job is to try to keep, not let him sleep so much during the day, like get a bird feeder, or a squirrel feeder out a window and put a perch on the inside so the cat can watch that. Okay. Or does you know if this cat goes inside, outside? Um, I think it's just inside. Okay, yeah. So then that's what that would tell me. Because usually cats under three are bored to death being a total indoor cat. Unless the owners can start, you know, uh, getting like tubes that they run through uh, uh, duct tape boxes together and kind of make a, a cat hotel where they can go in, you know, go in uh, to one level of another box and another level of another the box. You know what I mean? By making intriguing things like that, that's going to help the cat be well out during the day and less, act, less active at night. Okay. okay. Okay, you want to hold on? Because we've got to run to break right now. 
Absolutely. Okay, hold on. Okay. How many eggs were in the world's largest omelet? 36, 984, 79,100, 145,000. We'll be back. Alrighty then. Hey, hey, hey. So, how many eggs were in the largest, world's largest uh, omelet? 36, 984, 79,100, or 145,000 eggs in the biggest, world's biggest omelet? 79,100. No, nope, believe oh, okay. it or not, it was 145,000 eggs. Well, first of all, I'd like to know where you're finding 145,000 <laughs> eggs. I mean, that is what would drive me nuts. I don't see how... And we know why they're so expensive. Everyone's using yeah. them to make a hundred thousand egg <laughs> they, Yeah, they don't give the date of when they did it. Maybe they just did it, you know, like a month ago or sure. so. But yeah, I can't believe that. 145,000 eggs. Well, first of all, who's cracking them? Second of all, what the heck are you frying them in to make the world's omelet? That's what I don't get yeah. is that. Holy moly, I don't get it. I can see scrambled eggs, but I that making an actual omelet to cook it all the way through. How do you flip that? Exactly. <laughs> I don't get it. No, maybe I don't know. Okay, world misery. Let's go back to Brenda Lee. Hey, Brenda, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. Oh, hey, you know what? We had a listener call in, and they, she had uh, Mike gave Mike an idea. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, she, we got listeners helping listeners. Barb called in and said she was having a cat that uh, was going after her CPAP machine, uh, the the cords of that at night, and apparently their cat was really uh, attracted to the plastic and really liked going after that plastic. So what she did is knitted a like long piece of cloth or knitted something that would wrap around the plastic longer than that cord, so then at night the cat would just leave it alone. So Isn't that maybe that's a solution. I don't know. And I'm a crocheter, so I can oh, do that. Oh, look at that. Perfect. Look at I was just going to say, and then you got to need to be a knitter, <laughs> but maybe so you had enough friends in your circle they could knit you a CPAC, you know, tube machine. But, but no, that's a, but thanks, Bar, for calling in and, and, and helping us out there. Cause that, that's interesting. Cause there are a lot of cats that are attracted to the plastic, you know, type thing. And so that's why I'm yeah. thinking that it probably is when she's using it is when the cat is going nuts over it. So that, that's a good idea. Or you could try, like, that you said that the, the citrus. And- like I say, orange. Wanna, can I ask you a dog question? Sure. Um, the same kind of bored during the day, sleeping too much during the day, needing to get t- tuckered out at night. Um, my, I have a 16, I think um, almost 16-year-old Chihuahua mix. Oh, my, okay. And at night he likes to go under my bed, and I don't know if he's scratching the carpet or if he's licking on the carpet, but I have to, like, like bang on a cardboard box ah. almost every night to tell them to stop. Stop. Is okay. that from boredom as well? Or? No, because uh, usually, especially that old, uh, what usually comes is that I'm sure you've seen in other dogs where they like dig in their bed or even they're on the couch, they dig even though there's nothing to dig and then they kind of turn around and then they dig and they turn around. It's kind of nature's way of trying to fluff up your bed before you go to bed. You fluff okay. it and then you pat it and then you fluff it and then you pat it and then you finally lay down. Even though there's not much there in their head, it happening okay okay so the other thing that you can do is you could put something like around your baseboard so the dog can't get under the bed and that's so, what i was just gonna ask yeah because that sometimes people have to do that you know because it, uh, it just yeah it just gets to be ridiculous and so yeah. you, you, know, you could try that but that's very normal for a lot especially older dogs to fluff the bed by scratching Okay, and then turn one way, fluff again, and then turn the other way, and then finally lay down. Even if there's not anything there to really fluff. I don't understand that myself, but that's just what they do. 
is a fluff. And well, it maybe maybe when they get older, they get a little touch of Alzheimer's or something. Yeah, oh, really. definitely, no. definitely. It's just kind of like, yeah, we have nothing to fluff here, but okay, I'm going to go through the routine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Katie okay. K9, that's very marvelous. Oh. I thank you so very much. Well, thanks. I'll hang up the phone, and I'll turn my radio back on so All I can hear right. the rest of your well, show. Well, thank you for the call. I greatly appreciate it. Hopefully we help some other people, too, with CPAC. So a lot of people have those CPAC machines. So so that would be interesting. But, yeah, my, um, yeah, uh, my Adeline would be one to probably go after everything. Because she's, what is she now, three? Yeah, I think she's three. Okay, who's up? Oh, we got Kathy up here. Has a question about a dog uh, dealing with some anxiety, especially at night. Ah, interesting. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Katie. How old is your dog? Uh, what's that? How old is your pupper? Um, he is 15, and he's also a Chihuahua Yorkie mix. Oh, wow, okay. The, the little dog. My problem is um, he, he has what I'm assuming is anxiety because we moved to a new house three months ago, and initially he would sleep in bed with me. Okay. Um, and he gets up to go potty every couple hours but okay. now he won't even sleep in the bed we have to sleep on the couch or he just does his little whining thing oh really okay um and i don't know i i and then i don't sleep so i kind of do what he'll do so i can sleep I, yep. I don't know what's the matter okay so he won't come he used to sleep in your bed in your bedroom with you yeah okay then three months ago you moved and now he won't come in bed yeah. did you get a new bed in the move um, we, I, yes, it is a different bed. Okay. And so, yeah, the, um, have you tried just desensitizing them to it? Well, let's say you just lay on it in the afternoon, you know, yeah. whereas you just lay on it, give them a couple pets and then just get up. Don't lay for any length of time and then take them off. And then, you know, a little bit later, go and lay down on the bed again and just kind of try to desensitize them to the bed because it could be the smell of the bed. If it's a brand new bed, they have, uh, there's a lot of chemical smells to it that dogs pick up on. All right. And so yeah. um, that could be, could be the thing also. And then um, if you're, if you had just a regular mattress before and now you got either a memory foam or what are those, what do they call those? The beds that move up and down. I forget what it is. Um the, the, um, like a gel mattress topper. Okay, no, yeah, well, that, yeah, okay. If, you know, if the bed itself changed, all right. Yeah. So did it change? I mean, what did you have a regular mattress before? Did you have a, um, the gel type? Did you have the the kind that move? You can move the adjustable beds. That's what I'm trying to say. Did yeah. You, nope. It's the same. It's the same bed. And what's really weird is he will like if I take a nap during the day, he'll happily okay lay in the bed. It's just like when it's dark. Okay. Huh? Because there could, could be there be a noise or a no noise? Is there uh, is there more noise during the day than at night? Hmm. I mean, like, uh, are you? Did you fall? Well, did you take it? Yes, probably. Did you a take? Yeah. Did you take a nap like with the TV on or something? Um. No, it's usually just in the bed when it's quiet. I'll read and I'll just take a nap. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. So then, okay. So then, you know, at night he's not coming in the bed. So, but yeah. then, if you go and lay on the couch, he'll lay in the couch with you. Oh yes, he'll okay. sleep, but he does wake up every couple hours to go potty because he's yep. fifty. Okay. Right. Okay. So now, in the in where you're where the. The couches that you're sleeping, okay, is yeah. there any kind, do you have a radio on, do you have a TV on, do you have any kind of noise going on, a fan? No. Huh. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. It could be, just like I say, it could be the smell of the bed. At night, it could be, you know, how everything just, uh, it almost accentuates, 
you know, at night because it's it's almost too calm, too peaceful. And so yeah. they can pick up on other things around them. And okay. so uh, that, but I guess I would just try it every once in a while to go to sleep with him in your bed and see how it works. You know, just keep yeah. doing it. Now, do you have a ramp for him or do you? Um, you know, I don't on that bed. I do on the couch. I do in, in another bed. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, maybe huh. he needs to get a drink. And if he could do it by himself, he would do it. Yep. I don't know. I would try whatever you had for you. Did you have a ramp in your be- uh, old place bed? Yes. Okay. Then maybe that's what he's missing. Okay. You know, so yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. Well, why don't you try that? Because there's something missing that yeah. he's not comfortable. And then so put the ramp and have him go up and down the ramp. And let's just see if that will, you know, before you go to bed, you know, have him try going up and down the ramp uh, during the day. And let's just uh-huh. see maybe if that's relaxing enough for him. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. Okay. Um, I thought maybe it was anxiety, and I actually emailed Dr. Jess, okay. the one that you have yep. on your show once yep. in a while. Yep. And um, I wanted a, I wanted a Band-Aid, and she mentioned these chews, a certain brand of these chews for anxiety that, I don't know if it has CBD in it or just like chamomile and whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, didn't seem to do anything. Okay. And see, there's also another one from springtimeinc.com. It's called Stress-Free. Stress-Free. And see, the thing, too, you got to realize, too, as the dog get older, yes, they do get Alzheimer's or, you know, dementia or whatever type thing. Yeah. You know, and when they lose or start losing their hearing and start losing their sight, because yeah. now, like, uh, my Gilligan's going to be 14, and I- I'll hear him bark downstairs, but not to bark like, rrr, 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 somebody's here. It's like yeah. he's barking at air. And so I'd tiptoe downstairs, standing in my office, barking at nothing. And I'm like, and you are barking at what? And this is something he started in the last six months, that every once in a while he'll just stand in the room and bark. And so, but but he's also going deaf on me too. And so who knows what's in their head if they hear something or something. We don't know, you know, how how that works. Because they can also hear sounds that we can't hear. Yeah, You know, that's why I think a lot of dogs with their vacuum cleaner, they like to kill it is because there's like a higher pitch that we can't hear. It drives him them nuts. Yeah. And so who knows? You know, we don't. That's all we can do is work with the situation and do our best. That's all we can do. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I will try the stairs. That's a great idea. Okay, kiddo. Take care. Thanks okay, much. Thank you. Have a great Bye. day. You too. Bye. Get the plows ready. <laughs> Which brings to is that. Folks, if we're going to start getting snow, okay, what are you going to do for your sidewalks? Okay, remember, I'm not a chemical happy, chemical happy person. I use chicken grit number two to keep me on the right side up and, and uh, so I don't hit the floor. And so that's why. And then, like, if you uh, live in the cities and you take your dogs out, you remember all the chemicals they put on the streets. You know, do you do wise to get your dog used to boots of sorts so that the chemicals can't get on their feet? And what's a good way to get your dog used to boots is uh, take some baby socks. Put a baby sock at each paw quickly and then start. Uh, now, you know, I'm not a treat person, but little tiny pieces of treat. Hey, look at here. Hey, here. There's a treat. Hey, there's another treat. Get them walking and forgetting what's on their feet. And then pretty soon they're walking and they could care less about the boots. Okay. Okay. Let's see where we're at now. Da-da-da-da. Hey, you got a question? Please give a call. 651-641-1071. All right. How much popcorn does the average American eat in one year? Six quarts, 54 quarts, 100 quarts, or 986 quarts of popcorn in one year? We'll be back. All right. The Vikes are behind. 14-7. 
About to be 17 7. I believe no. the field will try coming. Oh, oh well. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, we're, we've been riding a high so far. So, we, it's, you know, what can we say? Okay, how much popcorn does the average American person eat in one year? Six quarts, 54 quarts, 100 quarts, 986 quarts. 54 quarts. Ding, 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 nice. ding. 54 quarts. I love I could just eat popcorn from <laughs> sunup to sundown, but with my bridge, it get the coals in that crap Ooh. gets caught underneath it. It is not fun. Yikes. I even try to suck them, you know, and without chewing them. So if it, no, it don't work. I'm one of these person that would go to the movies, you know, and get the big tub. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I can, and I'd eat the whole thing no, myself. Yeah. You got to finish it before the previews end. That way you can go back exactly. and get it more before the actual movie starts. <laughs> it's the key. Have, have you ever had popcorn salad? No. It's made, okay, how can we do this? It's made with uh, popcorn Obviously, uh, bacon, tiny pieces of celery. Um, trying to think, there's one other thing in there, and then the topping that goo, the goo that goes it all mm-hmm. together, is kind of like a um, a vinegary. Mm. Uh, have you ever had broccoli salad? The, 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 I'm trying sure. to think, what do I want? It's got sugar. It's got ve- vinegar. It's got something else into it. it but anyway, you, you're so addicting. You just sit there and just. Oh, that sounds lovely. Oh, it's it's so different. It's so good. Okay, where are we at? Uh, we're uh, going to be chatting with Megan. She's got a question, actually a couple of questions. One about a dog uh, hopping up in her vehicle, and then also about uh, trying to get the dog to go to the bathroom a little bit quicker. All so, right. Megan? Hey, Megan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So what kind of pupper are we talking about? He is a Bernadoodle. Bernadoodle. How old? He is nine months. Okay. So now what's going on? Well, he doesn't mind the car ride. He's okay. just reluctant to get into the car. Okay. And I just was wondering if you had a few tips because I think part of the problem is me because I'm not teaching him correctly. But also, like, usually when we're going somewhere, we got to get going. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So now, where, now do you have an SUV? Are you bringing him in from the back or from the side? I'm bringing him in from the side, and okay. it is an SUV. Okay. So the best thing to do is you do it in steps. Try to get them to go, like, I don't, you know, there again, I don't use trees, but trees got to come in sometimes, okay? So I like using the Nutrisorts. They're called t- tender, tender ones, soft and okay. tender. And anyway, uh, because they, and get the salmon because they stink real bad, and dogs love things that stink. And anyway, so what you're going to do is you put you get him really excited, have him on a leash so he can't run away from the situation, okay? And then show him the treat, and put the treat right on the, what do you call it, the step. You know, I mean the, you know, the, when you open the door, that little that piece mm-hmm. right there, put the treat. What is that? Oh, look at that! What is that? Good job, good job. And this is where you got to really pull it out and just be super, super hyper, and just get the dog so excited. Then you're going to take that treat and put it like on the floor because you want him to go from the. From the side, well, from the street or whatever, and then go into the floor and then up onto the seat. Do you understand what okay. I'm saying? So you're yep. taking steps because eventually he, because a lot of times, especially that young, they don't know how to power off the rear end to get up. So if you take it in baby steps like that, eventually they can figure out how to power off the back end to let go from the you know ground level, you know, onto the seat. But right now you want him to try to go between. And if you have to pull this front seat ahead so he's got a little bit more room you know okay. to get in there because the way they make car nowadays that back seat is really kind of skimpy i mean that floor back there especially yeah. how many pounds is your dog 
right now he is about 70. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of dog. So what you got to try to do is just, you. oh, come on, we could do it. Don't worry about, just be the cheerleader. Don't worry about a specific word, you know, like in, car, hop, whatever. Don't worry about this. We could do this. Let's go. Come on, we could do this. You know, just get them all excited. And try it three times and then stop. Take a break, go to something else, and then come back. Because if you stay with it too long, what's going to happen to him is he's just going to like, this. I'm, I'm done. I am so done. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he knows that eventually I'll pick him up. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. No, definitely they do. They know. So, like, I'll put his front paws on yep, the yep. floor, and then he just jumps right in. And I know he can jump because right. he's done it a few times. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And I have a super tall bed, and he jumps up on there just fine. Okay, yep. And so that, but the whole thing is then is uh, sometimes maybe open the other side. You have you yep. uh, have somebody on, hit the dog side, and you be on the other side, and then, you know, encourage him to come on in. Okay. Okay. And so just try it, but don't do it more than three or four times at one time. Don't do not lift this dog into the car. <laughs> you want he realize that he is by you being excited, like come on, car, you can get in there. Yes, you can. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, like just get him so excited, and so then eventually you should be able to open the door, say hop or in. And he's just going to jump right in. You're going to go, yeah, you, yeah, you. Be excited about it. And if you have okay. to use a treat or something for a little while, do it. You know, but d- just give him a little tiny piece. And that's why I like the Nutrisource Soft and Tenders. And then they also have the Superstar Treats. And when you buy the Superstar Treats, it goes to really good causes. Okay. But anyway, so the whole thing is, is that um, just you've got to be just excited. You can't just go in. Come on, do it. And the dog is like, well, this is no fun. You want him to get so excited because he's excited to get on the bed because you're going to give him pats and pats and loving, right? And yeah. so, yeah, see, that's what you want it to do. That's why sometimes if you're on the opposite side, so he's got to come from the one side over to you, he's going to be more happy about eating. You know, tap the, you know, the seat. Come on, you can do it. Like a drum roll. Come on, come on in. You can do it. You know what I mean? So then, uh, and then and once he does it once, does it when he's in there, just love him up like crazy. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you. Okay, let's go out. And then quick run around and then we'll do it again okay now we're gonna do it again let's go come on hop, 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 hop. okay so if he does it once really you know pretty happy pretty easy then bring him around and do it one more time and then stop take a break and then try it one more time a little bit later on okay, okay. but don't keep popping and don't keep trying but no, if you listen you try four times and he still hasn't done it then just you know move on do not lift him but like i say try putting it on the floor so because the thing is to get you like you said you put his front feet in and then he went in that he will step up to that ridge you know to get to get the treat that's farther to the center of the car type yeah. thing okay and so then like i say eventually hopefully he'll get the whole thing and then no more lifting so then you don't need Perfect. to go to a chiropractor yeah <laughs> yeah okay yeah. so what was the other question um, so now that we're getting into the winter or colder months, right. he cannot be rushed to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get him to, as silly as it sounds, basically like poop on command. Okay. Um, but it's been a struggle with, with that. He'll go potty all day, every day, but. Okay. So what you're going to do though, but you're, you know, it's not silly. It's like you, your dog should do, when you say potty, the dog should go potty. End of story. Whether it's a doo-doo or whether it's a piddle. And so what you got to do to hurry them along, no dog in Minnesota should be outside longer than two minutes. 
Okay, so in the morning, you always get a, a pit of little doo-doo, right? So you take them out to the potty spot, have them on a 15-foot line, stand still, tell them, go potty, go potty, or get busy, get busy. When he goes, good potty, very nice. Don't touch him, good potty, stay very calm. Now, let's say two minutes is up, and it's morning call, so you should do a piddle and a doo-doo. He just gave you the piddle. Come back in the house, wait a minute or two, go back out to the potty spot, go potty, go potty. And if there's no doo-doo, two minutes is up, bring him back in. Are you using a kennel? Yes. Okay, put him in the kettle and feed him. Okay, start feeding him in his kennel. After he's done eating, wait about 10 minutes. Open the door and take the bowl out. Now take him out to the potty area. Go potty, go potty. 10 to 1, you'll get a potty then. Because usually when something goes in the front door, it'll come out the back door. Okay? And so that's what you want to do is that he only has two minutes to do his stuff. Otherwise, he's back into the house again. And so pretty soon, they'll, you, you're you going to create an urgent instead of a putzer. Because too many people have let the dog just, oh, I'm going to sniff over here. we got to sniff over there. And, you know, they start, you know, there's a difference sniffing between what came through the night or where am I going to put it. And if, you, yeah. if, if it's uh, the what came through the night sniffing, you just give a little tap tap on the line and say, hey, hey, come on, let's get busy. Hurry up. Go potty. Hurry up. You know, move them along. Keep them on task. Okay. So it's part of the issue because, like, I live in the city, so I, I can't have a 15-foot line. Um, okay, why don't you hold on to that thought, okay? And then we, we'll come back, so don't hang okay. up, okay? Okay, let's see. What is your, or what year did Williams Walter build the first robot? 48, 63, 81, 2001. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.